0: I remember all my life raining. My penultimate thoughts on the film Mandy, one episode after this one. This movie is apparently well-made. Like, they were going for what is on screen. The bigger problem is that what's on screen is something they shouldn't have been going for. Putting filters on your badly-framed, badly-focused shots in your mediocre film story with vague details, unnecessary characters... In a film with hardly any characters, it's remarkable how many of them don't matter. Whereas, for example, at the time of this recording, I have just seen uh, the latest Rambo film, Rambo Last Blood, which isn't necessarily good, and I think it's a weird send-off for the character Rambo, given its setting and its plot. But in terms of its brutality and its violence and the vengeance plot, it has a lot more going on. We get to know the characters, the main victim, Rambo, of course, the reporter, I forget the character's name. We see the villains interacting briefly, just enough to know how they relate, and they have a whole lot of unnamed minions. And so when it comes to the big slaughter at the in the last act of the film, it's a lot of violence for violence's sake, which is problematic in its own way, similar to this film, except Rambo has, and a lot of the Rambo films have been like this, it has this tendency to in the execution, value the violence over the message, but it does have a message. Similar to Mandy, according to Panos Kazmatos where this is a film about like the toxicity of Jeremiah Sand and his masculinity and what he is. But the movie, similar problem with Rambo. Although Rambo comes out and says the part of this is happening because the character of Rambo is a broken, damaged individual who is trying to rein in and keep a lid on this rage that's inside him, this broken nature of his. Unlike Red Miller, who from the beginning of the film is a low energy lumberjack who tells dumb jokes and doesn't seem to do much else, doesn't seem to have an inner life or hobbies or interests. In the first 10 minutes of Rambo, we see, we learn that he has tunnels under his house. We learn that he has a place where he smiths weapons. We see that he has booby traps. We see that he has secure, like, a lot of security around his property. And then we see why when we meet his niece and her grandmother who live with him. And we see their relationship. We see him riding out on a horse and having a conversation with the niece and then having further conversations. Where the conversations here, like the Starling story, for example don't really add characterization to Mandy, and we don't need further characterization to Mandy because she is the plot device. She is the one who's going to die and fuel the plot. And then the movie takes too long getting to that plot. We need to know Red. We need to know Red Miller and what motivates him. We need to know that he has motivations. We need to know that he knows how to smith things before he smiths things. We need to know that he has a crossbow stored at a random trailer with some other guy who we don't know and shouldn't know and who disappears after one scene before we get to that trailer and that guy. We need to know that he is capable of some sort of violence before he goes on this rampage which, like, climaxes with him crushing someone's head. There is room in cinema, of course, for vengeance plots, for revenge films. The Dirty Harry series has some of this. The Death Wish, of course, that's all about that. Lots of 80s action movies were this. Tombstone is this. There's room for this as a fantasy, but you have to understand it's a fantasy. You can't obsess over it. You can't dress as the character for shits and giggles. You can't buy replicas of a stupid axe that's smithed out of nowhere by a character that shouldn't have the ability to smith things because he's just a fucking lumberjack. And if he has a cave where he smiths things, he should be doing something with that. That is an expensive fucking hobby. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I have a friend who wanted to get into smithing. He wanted to be able to make his own armor for Renfair. But it was an expensive fucking hobby. It takes up a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It's the kind of thing you have to find justification for in your lifestyle. And we could have seen that instead of a whole bunch of slow, boring shots, long, boring conversations, and bad lighting in the first hour of this film. If you're going to give us an hour of characterization for two characters, consider your average romantic comedy even. And I don't like romantic comedies, but they're usually about an hour and a half, right? Hour and 40 minutes, maybe. If there isn't good characterization to distinguish these two main characters in a romantic comedy in the first act, we're not buying into any of the romance. We're not buying into any of the story. We're not buying into anything that drives the second act or the third act. So in this kind of movie, you're giving us an hour of buildup. You better give us something deep. You better give us something meaningful. You better give us something that makes sense. Because otherwise, why are we watching this? Because we fantasize about being able to do this kind of violence against horrible people? And who are we? Panos has said in interviews that, as I already mentioned, this is about the toxicity of Jeremiah. And I I forget the specific line, I may have quoted it a couple episodes ago, about how it's a guy who turns to violence when he can't have what he wants. That is literally the plot of the second half of this movie in regards to Red Miller. He can't have what he wants anymore, so he turns to violence. If, in the end, the end of Act 3, Red Miller is ultimately destroying himself in the process of killing all of these people, becoming less himself, and he's breaking down. the end of the movie, there's nothing left, and he, like, falls down in tears because the revenge process is over, and he has nothing else to live for. You've told a story that fits that plot. But the end of this movie is this planet is now a fantasy planet with two moons over it. He's covered in blood, and we think it's cool. He's not covered in blood, like, to make it disgusting to us. He's covered in blood because that's what we fantasize about, is being this hero who can do all of this violence and kill all of these bad people. Because of course we fantasize about that. We want to be able to get stuff done just by putting some effort into it. But in the end, we cheer the violence, and in the end, Red is not destroyed. By the time this episode goes up, Rambo Last Blood will no longer be news, so I'll spoil the end of that movie. The end of that movie, Rambo is destroyed. He is explicitly not dead. In fact, there's an extra shot at the end of the movie. Movie ends, and he is mortally, we think, wounded, and he sits down on a rocking chair on his porch, presumably to die there. We get a series of shots, a montage from the previous Rambo films, and then the final shot is Essentially, him having gotten up from the rocking chair, on his horse riding away, still wounded. Which you could take as he has died. He is riding the horse into the spirit world, like uh, the dude says in Young Guns to Demon Phillips' character. Or, it's an explicit point on the fact that he still has to live. He has to live with his wounds. He has to live with everything he has destroyed in his life And everyone around him who has been hurt because of it. The end of this movie, we don't even know. To be fair, we don't know that Red Miller doesn't have... Like, that he has anything left in his life. He still has a job. He still has Carruthers. Yeah, I'm using the characters' names now. Fuck that. As far as we know, he's great friends with the guys he works with. He hangs out with them all the time. He still has family. We don't know. We don't know anything about him. Which buys... A lot of fantasizing. Putting ourselves into that abstract. Take away the details of the hero, it's much easier for us to imagine ourselves the hero. Which is what Panos wanted. Which is what fans of this movie wanted. I wish there'd be more there to offer for them. That there was something more thoughtful. It's 2019. Modern filmmaking, even low-budget filmmaking, allows for much more nuance. We don't need three minutes of Red walking down a tunnel. We don't need the Starling story. We don't need the dead baby deer. We need actual dialogue and interaction and some sense of the life of Red and Mandy. And we get almost nothing. I don't have time for this today. Let's not even my desk.